Our Father, that God wants to thank you for the privilege we have to study your Bible, the Word of God. We trust you that by your Spirit, you will teach us and you will help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, our topic is Christ, our life, part two. It's Colossians 3, verse 2. It says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. Christ, who is our life, when he shall appear, will appear with him in glory. Uh, before we go and continue on this topic, we need to look at some things that can be a hindrance to a Christian uh, from understanding the scriptures and even benefiting from the uh, Anything that can compromise our faith is really not good for us. Because it's through that faith that we stand, and faith we stand. And it's through that faith that we get things from God. The Bible says it is the prayer of faith that works for the Christian. When he wavers, he will get nothing from God. On faith we stand, like we said, and faith is our victory. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So anything that really, really compromises a Christian's faith will, will affect him very, very adversely spiritually. So we need to really understand that that wrong doctrine is going to compromise your faith in Christ. And so Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.16, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself. You save thyself. You save thyself. And them that hear thee, those that you influence, those that you teach, you save thyself and them. If you take heed and be sure that the doctrine you're hearing is sound doctrine, biblical doctrine, that is coming from the Spirit of God, that is the scriptures uh, wrote. And now here, a uh, New Living Translation says, stay true to what is right for your own salvation. Because wrong doctrine actually shifts your faith away from Christ. And then it says, our Lord Jesus warned us in Matthew 15, 9, but in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. So when he allows himself to from scripture it's not from scripture so his worship becomes vain and that's not what anybody wants to do so wrong doctrine basically emphasizes what men do it emphasizes what men do at the expense of what christ did he rejects the work of grace which god did for mankind free for our salvation in us in faith and for keeping us in victory, and for living the life that Christ died to give us. It emphasizes what men do, and promotes what men do, and it comes with severe, sometimes very severe self-punishment and things like that, and which they think that when you do that now, you please God. But the scripture says with the faith, it's impossible to how it makes somebody disobey the gospel reject the gospel, and it produces hardness of heart. Hebrews 4.2, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith to them that heard it. So when you 
when you hear the gospel and what you have heard before has compromised your faith, then the benefits of the gospel, are not, you are not going to experience them. That's not proper. That's not good. And especially in the situation in which we find ourselves, our faith needs to be strong now. So we can counteract fear and all manner of confusion that the enemy is throwing all over the place. So we can walk in victory continuously. So when we get our faith is compromised and then we are not able now to mix the word of God with true faith in Christ, finding what it means by mixing it with faith for us. For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said. As I have sworn in my right, we have entered into walk of the world. You cannot improve what Jesus did. It is finished, final finality. And so we just come to enjoy the benefits of what Christ achieved on the cross. That's what it is all about. That's why it is faced in Christ. That's what will bring you into favor with God. And he sets Christ aside. He pays lip service to the cross and Jesus. But its emphasis is on what men do. Look at Hebrews 4, 7. Again, the, again, he limited the certain day, saying in David, saying in David, today, after sooner, as it is said to him. Hebrews 4, that we're reading. We read verse 2, now we're reading 7. Emphasizing on this faith, entering his rest. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart against it. For he that is entered into his rest is talking about this faith entering from your labor and depending on what Christ did for you. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has seized from his own works. As God did from his, then let us labor, therefore, to enter into the rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For shift you from trusting, from resting in what Christ has done into trying to labor for yourself, to labor, to bring your labor, the very thing the Bible said, make every effort not to do that, to cease from your works. And you see, The Bible now tells us in, in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in your faith in Christ and the what he has achieved by his own works, by his own labor. Be strong in that. Then John warns the church. Second John 9. Second John 9. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. Does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Because you can't deny. You can't, you can't make, you can't set aside the grace of God and walk on the cross that God accomplished for you and then you say you have God. So Paul strongly desires for the church 
look at what his desire for the church is, is to know Christ and be strong in our faith in Christ. Colossians 2.1, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church in Laodicea and for many other believers who have never had me personally. I want them to be encouraged and to knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. What is this God's mysterious plan? Which is Christ himself, Christ our life, that they understand the plan God has for them, for our salvation, for a continued life that is pleasing to God, Christ himself, the only hope of glory. And so Paul said, I agonize for them. I pray for them. Because I want to make sure that they get this thing so that they are not, their faith is not shifted away from the foundation of our faith, from the author of faith, from the author and finisher of faith, who is Christ himself. And then put it on shifting sand. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 4, I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Verse 6, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, the same way you accepted him by faith, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Grow down into him and let your life be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you have you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Because you see your faith producing. Because faith without works is dead. It's your faith that produces. It's your faith that activates. It's your faith that gives, that gives uh, activity to the promises of God, to the things that God has, has, has promised you, the things that God has accomplished for you, the power of God. It's your faith that gives activity to it, that makes it come into reality. Then you will you you overflow with thankfulness because you see victory here, see victory here. You see your life exactly how Christ makes it to go. You enjoy the benefit of his death on the cross. It's not just to be talking and then you are not experiencing nothing. You, are not, you don't know much in this world. Even in this thing happening, you, 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 you don't know where God is. You don't even know what, God, what is happening from God's point of view. And that brings confusion. And then you listen to everybody prophecy, prophets and prophets and stuff talking to you everywhere. You should hear the voice of God. You should know where God is. You shouldn't be confused. Because you're a child of God. Christ is your life. And in verse, verse 7, he said, let your roots grow deep into, into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world. It's demonic. It's demonic. And especially we quote people and say, Bishop, so we respect bishops, we respect pastors, we respect leaders. It is scriptural to do that. 
my brother, my sister, quote scripture. Stop quoting, stop quoting human beings. No scripture to the point that you own it and you can say it is written. This is what the Bible says. Let the Bible be your authority. You can listen to men teach you like you're listening here now. But at the end of the day, your authority is the scripture. You must be so familiar with it that you say, this is, it is written. It is written here. It's not just for the devil. It's written should guide you in everything you do. So you walk safe, safely. See what that doctrine does. Colossians 2.17. For these rules, see what the, doct the doctrine of men do. For these rules are only shadows of reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Christ is the reality. These other rules are shadows. They, so it's just like shadow boxing. They're not reality. Christ is the reality himself. 18. Don't let anyone condemn you by me insisting on pious self-denial. These are these rigorous religious observances. Devoutly religious stuff that we do. Deprive yourself of sleep. Deprive yourself of this. Punish yourself here and there. And or the worship of angels. And then in order to make it authentic, they will say, we have had visions about these things. God told me. God spoke to me. I saw a vision. We listen more to visions than scripture. If anybody will say, ah, let me tell you, revelation I had, I saw a vision. Our ears are open. But when, some, when somebody says, this is what the scripture says, they will say, ah. We get very excited by vision, prophecy, prophecy. And we, we, we put no such excitement on the word of God himself. Why is it we're not excited about God's word? Why? Shouldn't we be more excited about the infallible truth of God that God has exalted, given to be, uh, the, the, to, given to be our light and our lamp to show us where we are and light to show us where we're headed? Their sinful minds have made them proud. Verse 19. And they are not connected to Christ. See that child of God. They are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with his, with his joints and ligaments. And it grows as God nourishes it. Verse 20. You have died with Christ. This is what matters. What Christ did for us. You have died with Christ. He has set you free. Those ritualistic things didn't set you free. All those things you deprive yourself did not set you free. All those things recommended you do did, did is worthless. It didn't set you free. If you depended on them, you you'll be bound, headed to hell. For except the, the sun sets you free, you are bound. Christ, he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following these rules of the world? Such as, don't handle this, don't taste this. We don't, we don't wear your ring. We don't do this. We don't do that. The Bible said, there's nothing from without that defies the man. And yet, people hold these doctrines so dear. 
against what Christ himself said. Don't handle, don't touch, don't touch. Continue, verse 22. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion. That's what I'm saying. Deprived 40 days dry, 100 days dry, strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire because without faith you can't overcome. Our victory is faith in Christ, not these things. Not these things. For Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. I don't care how much self-denial a body does and severe bodily thing you do to yourself. Wake up, don't sleep, don't, don't do this and don't do that. Those things don't give victory. It's faith in Christ. Who is he that overcomes this world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Not he that does all these things. And people imbibe them, people do them, people embrace them because they're ignorant. And at the end of the day, they draw zero. Who they point to some miracles. And the devil does miracles to perpetuate you in deceit. But the main thing is at the, the end of your life, where are you ending? So the Bible says, Colossians 2 says, that as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk you in him. Rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abandoned therein with thanksgiving. That's what we should be doing. That's the right doctrine that is rooted in Christ Jesus himself. So we'll come now to part two of our teaching. We have taken care of these wrong doctrines that can stop you from enjoying what Christ died for, including living a pure and holy life. Including living a pure and holy life. Paul said, I'm what I am by the grace of God. He made me what I am. He made me what I am. And the Bible says, if we want to boast, we boast only in the Lord. You can't boast in yourself. That's what this wrong doctrine does. Uh, this one could take five, four. It could take uh, four nine vigils. Boasting in yourself. And the Bible says, vain is the help of man. And the arm of the flesh will fail everybody. Our boast is in Christ. He's our all and all. He's our glory. Christ is our glory. So we say that Jesus is our, is our life. So let's look at how. How is he our life? We said we are hooked up to him. 1 Corinthians 6, 16, verse 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We are hooked up to Christ. We are joined to him. And we put up a trailer to show us what it means. We put up a trailer and a picture of a trailer. Can we put that picture up, please? We did put it up. This is, this is what illustrates what we are talking about. The upper one is the tractor, the engine. The lower one is the trailer because it trails behind. And the trailer has no life. As it's sitting there, it can sit there and rot away. Trailer, it can't move. It can't move. can't go to anywhere. That's us. That's us. Now, that is the life of that trailer. The same way Christ hooks onto us, 
we are joined to Christ. So he hooks onto us and we come alive. He be, this, this engine is the life of this. Now let's see it hook up. Let's see it hook up. Now you see backing up now, hooking up now. It's going to hook up now. Watch it now. Watch it now. Once it hooks up, you see that it becomes alive. So the life of that seller is this engine. And it, this engine is what supplies the strength, guides it to the direction it's going. This engine overcomes any obstacle on the road because it's the one pulling it across it. That's what Jesus is to us. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Because we are joined with him now, he, he is our strength. The Lord is the strength of our life. Remember that we were without strength. But he came, now we have strength. And now we can do all things through the strength he supplies. Because we are connected to the Endless power of Christ now. So all things become possible to them that believe. How can anybody, anybody say you live holy without this power of Christ connecting to you? And you think that what will make it is what you do? How can this trailer be boosting in himself? Once it, it decouples from that engine, it lies there. So that's what we, what, that's exactly number one point how he is our life. He joined to us. He becomes our strength. Before we were without strength. But now we are not without strength. Because Christ has become our strength. So we can't say, I, I'm not able to do this. No, you can do all things. You can do all things. You can do all things. The things that were not possible before, they're not possible to you. Because all things are possible to them that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is required of us, we said it last time, it's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of a mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we are supposed to now yield ourselves like that trailer. That trailer is totally obedient to that truck. Whatever that truck leads it, it follows. If that trailer is not following, the thing disconnects and the trailer topples. That's what causes accident. When it's not properly connected and it's going at top speed, once it is, the trailer topples, bam, kills people. So we're supposed to be as living sacrifice that is connected to Christ, totally conformed to what, not to be conforming to the world, conforming to what the world is teaching, conforming to their, to their culture and everything. No, we conform to where Christ is leading us. And number two, about this idea of Christ being, being joined to us, think of, think of the womb, think of the baby in the womb for a minute. The baby in the womb is connected to the mother. That's the way we are with Christ, even though we're not in the womb, so to say. But that's something that illustrated a little bit. The baby in the womb depends on the mother for food, for oxygen, for nutrient, for everything. If you cut off that thing prematurely, the baby dies. Well, I hope I'm right. I think I'm right. The baby dies. So that's where it is with, with us. We are joined to the Lord. So we, we, we get our nutrient, get our oxygen, Get our life. So the, baby, the, the life of the baby is the mother. So the life of the Christian is Christ. Because it's connected to him. And another illustration says the tree. It says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. In John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abided in me, 
joined to me, connected to me, and I in him, we are joined together, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. So if you, if, if you don't trust in him by faith, abiding in him by faith, he says you are, you are cast out because there's something else you are trusting. There's something else you are relying upon, but that thing will not give you authority and power and victory. He says men will trample upon you. You lose battles. And that branch cannot bear fruit at all. The only hope of that branch bearing fruit is the Flow of life from the vine. So the life of the branch is really the vine. Christ who is our life. He flows. And all that the branch does is to enter his rest. Attach there. Enter his rest. The whole job is done from the vine, from the stem. The whole thing is being supplied to the, that branch. And the fruit begins to show. Can we have a, that, that, that uh, tree? That tree and the branch. Yeah, this is something you can see sap flowing. Sap is the is the is the is the liquid flow that goes through um, through the stem. It goes through the stem and ends up in the in the branches. So that branch is just sitting there, but the, the the flow of life is coming from the vine. So that all the branch does is enter the rest, but life is coming, and as far as that life is coming. It is producing fruit. But if you cut off that branch, if that branch says, I'm not sitting here, I want to do, I want, I have other things I can do to bear fruit, it will dry off because Christ is our life. That's why this wrong doctrine removes your faith from Christ and puts it in severe, bodily, pious things you do and all those things we do. And we, because we think that that's what, when God sees that I have not eaten for several days, then God will do this thing. It's not true. Fasting is good. I do fast. People should fast. I recommend that. But you can't substitute for Jesus. It can't take the place of Christ. That is wrong doctrine coming from the pit of hell. Fasting can be your glory. You don't sleep. You wake up 12 minutes. It can be your glory. The only hope of glory we have is Christ that lives in us. That supplies us nutrients, supplies us life, and it shows. Can I stab that tree up again? And it shows, look at that, it shows and produces the fruit that the branch bears. Now, can the branch begin to boast? I say, see, the reason this mango is here is because it did nothing. All it did was hang there. And Jesus said, I am the vine. You are just branches. I'm your life. I supply you. Life comes from him to us because we are joined to him. Joined to his spirit. We are joined to his spirit. And it flows through us. And the only thing you need to do is to trust him, believe him. That's why without faith, you can't please God. You can't get that flow coming. You will dam it up or you reject it. And Paul explained it this way. He says, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ. See what he's saying? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He's the one that's supplying my life. I'm not me. And the life which I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. The faith that trusts God, that trusts the Son of God. Who loved me, gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Can't, can't set this grace, the work of grace aside. 
The things he gave us really, it is finished. All the package there is for, our, is for our own life, for our own life, for our own godliness. And what Paul is saying, the translation, the way I put, put it here, the translation of all this is no longer I that leave it, is that if it's no longer I that leave it, then it's no more my will. It's no more my will. It's no more my understanding. I, I cannot lean on my understanding because it's no longer I that leave it. It's no more my choices. I was going to make a decision this morning about some payments we are supposed to make. In fact, I had planned the way we are supposed to make this payment. And something said to me, have you asked the Lord about it? I said, oh, yeah, that's true. It's, you are dead. You are not smarter than him. Remember, he's the trailer. I mean, he's the tractor. Remember, he's in front. So I said to the Lord, Lord, what do you want to, us to do with this? He told me. But all this, I kept quiet. Because then I was, I was relying on my own. It's easy for us to, to detach and begin to do our own stuff and run into trouble. That's why we're running into trouble anyway. So it's no longer I that leave it translating to it's no longer my will, it's no longer my choices. You can't pack and go to anywhere on your own. He has to instruct you. You can't even get any job on your own. He has to instruct you. There are ways that seem good unto me, but the end thereof is destruction. You can't go because salary is good. The end of that job can destroy your life. You can't go. He, he knows the end from the beginning. He can tell you, stay here. He told Jacob, stay in this land. There's drought. Yes, but stay here. Don't go. Don't follow your wisdom. Don't follow. It's no longer I that leave it. That's what it translates into. I've, you've lost the privilege of deciding what to do. He, dis, he is the trailer. He is the tractor pulling you. He t we sing it now. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is to follow. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is to follow. Strength for today is mine all the way. And all that I need for tomorrow. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is to follow. Follow, follow, how we follow Jesus. We sing it, but that's what it translates to. It's no longer I that leave it. You, you can't be a grudge when his love forgives. It's no longer, if you leave, you, you've detached. You're, 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 you're doing your stuff then. You know, we go mess up things and, we, and we, we go cry to God to come and clean the mess. You see, the result of this type of lifestyle that depends on him alone. Because he's the one that lives. So he's the one that decides. He's the one that, all I do is follow him. 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 And the flesh will fight you. Friends will come and say, oh, this, this, the idea is not, it's not, that's not the way we do. You don't live the way they do it. You live the way he wants it. Romans 7, 4. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one. You are united and joined to him now who has raised, who was raised from the dead. As a result of this joining and flow of his life, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Now, listen, you know, we come to church dress well and we act Pentecostal. 
That should stop. It won't help. All this acting Pentecost, it won't help. Christ should be the one flowing in us and his, oh my God, it should flow in us whether in the house, whether in their job, whether in the church. It should be a consistent thing because it doesn't change. The one that's not sustainable is the one we package ourselves and people see us and praise us and some things we do, only one person knows it too. Some things we do, only two people know. There are things we do that people don't know. Only you know and your partner knows. And nobody knows. Some things you do, only your family knows. That's not what we're talking about. That's, not, that's called hypocrisy. What we're talking about is a consistent flow of this sap of the life of Christ, which a Christian must endeavor to develop so that his emotion is under the control of the Spirit of God. You can't be a Christian and your anger can... can, can your, people want to talk to you, they are praying and they are praying and discussing how do I approach a Christian, how do I approach you? Are you kidding me? This, the, the wisdom that from above is pure and easily entreatable. Humble. Christ made himself of no reputation. So he produces this fruit. Now, the second point we're, we're handling, we're talking about the first one is that we're joined to him. Now, this one is that we have a new life. He died. We died with him and rose with him. And as a result, we have a new life. And that's what made it possible, really, for us to be able to follow him and to be joined with him. Now, if we had the nature we had before, the nature of the devil, being slaves to sin, and then being part of this world, following the world system because we know no better. There's no way a slave to sin. There's no way somebody who is under the spirit that walketh in children of disobedience can follow Christ. It's not going to happen. And there's no way you can take that nature of sin and join it to the nature of God. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. Because there's no fellowship between darkness and light. Christ and devil have no fellowship whatsoever at all. So there's no way we can join to him and receive this flow of life. So the first thing he did, was to come and deliver us from the things that, that held us captive we are, and set us free from power of sin, change our nature, our evil nature, and gave us his own nature. You, you know, you fellowship by, 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 by class. I said this sometimes. You can't have fellowship with animals. No matter how your dog's name is Jimmy and whatever you call him, you can't, you can't, you can't go to your... To your um, to your job and where you're having conference and give your dog a seat. There's no seat there because it doesn't belong to that class. So for us to be able to join to Christ and have, and have intimacy with him, God elevated us from the doldrum of iniquity where our nature is seen to the nature of God gave us new nature. For if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. We are created in the image of God. You couldn't get this by your, all those things you are doing. None of them gave you this thing. That's why it's worthless. Christ provided this thing. The Bible said, by nature, we are children of wrath, which means we are under divine judgment. And there's a spirit that walketh in the children of disobedience. The devil was living in us. That's what we were before. But Jesus came and changed our nature, delivered us from that devil, the, the, and delivered us from the power of sin with his blood, with his blood, and circumc 
circumcision he did and removed this body of sin and gave us his new nature, created to be like God. So now we, are, we can have fellowship with him, so we are joined to him, his nature joined to him. We, can, we are now one with Christ. He is our life flowing, flowing, flowing. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 1. He said, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. See, can't, <laughs> you can't serve two masters now. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit that walk in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that, that way. That's what, how we were. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So we lived in the world, we were part of the world. But Jesus came and gave us a new life and brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of God. And not only that, we changed nationality. We were of the world, but now we are no more of the world. We belong to the family of God. We've been elevated, seated with him in heavenly places. We have been brought to glory. We don't belong to the world. We are here as ambassadors. We are passing through. We used to be in the world because we are doing what everyone else was doing. But when, he, when we came to him, he changed us. And this is the point about wrong, this wrong doctrine. We, we teach that you need to change yourself, clean yourself up before you come to Christ. The gospel says no. You come to Christ and Christ will clean you and change you. That's what I'm talking about. This wrong doctrine is dangerous. They use the word repent and tell you you have to repent, you have to change it. All they want, you have to be good, you have to change. You don't have to. You, you were born in sin. You have the nature of sin. You can't change it. A leopard can't change his, his, his color. It's not possible. Except the son set you free. You can't be free. You can repent hundred times. You cannot be free. That wrong doctrine says change, change, change. Walk, get yourself good so you cannot come to Christ. He will accept you. It's wrong. It's not true. Jesus came for sinners. He came for sinners. Sinners come and they become saints. He came for sinners. Paul said, this is of, of good acceptance that Christ came to save sinners of which I am chief. He came for rotten sinners like me. He's not looking for righteous people. The righteous people don't need him because they already made themselves righteous. But we, he came for sinners like me. So you come the way you are. Then you receive new life, receive freedom from sin. The power of sin is broken. And then you receive new nature. Then he couples to you and begins to guide you. That is the true gospel. That is why Christ is our life. Look at Romans 6, 17. But... God be thanked that through you, that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You obeyed that form of doctrine. You are no more slaves of sin. You obeyed the gospel. Now, we are citizens of heaven like we said because of time. I'm just going to move over. And you know, we become his dwelling place too. Because we became the house of the Holy Spirit. The devil doesn't live in you, doesn't live in me. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Christ lives in us now. Now, let's look at how, because of all this work that Christ has done now, the Bible says to us 
that we should now live this, this life that Christ, this thing that God did, this freedom he gave us, this new life he gave us, should be able to be flowing through us for people to see. But the only thing that will make it flow is that you believe it. Is that you believe it. It is faith that activates these things and brings it into reality. It's not, it's not my struggle. It's faith. It's accepting these things that I'm a new creature. Despite the fact that I may not be perfect because I'm growing, we're all born babies. I'm growing in this thing, but I don't, I don't talk and confess according to what I see. I talk and confess according to what he said. Because by believing, by being steady in believing these things, then I will see that glory manifest in my life. First Peter 1.22. You were cleansed from your sins. That's true. When you obey the truth, so, you, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. So he said you cannot live a life of love. Sin is no more your master. But I have to believe this now. I have to believe this. I can't say, oh, I'm not perfect. Sin is not my master, even though I'm not perfect. Sin is not my master. Why? The scripture says so. The scriptures have been cleansed. That is what renewing your mind means. You stop thinking in terms of natural and carnal things and start thinking in terms of Bible and truth and spiritual truth. Because when your mind is renewed, you are transformed. When you start thinking in terms of what God says, and that applies across the board, whether you are sick, corona, or whatever, you, corona has no power over you. But you've got to believe this is not here on the, on the mat. You're not here. It has to come. That's why the Bible says you must be rooted in your faith in Christ. You develop this in by intimacy, drawing close to him. He said, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. If you don't have time for him, you are not drawing near to him. He's not drawing near to you. Your faith will be wishy-washy. And that's why you listen to prophets. Colossians 3.1. I want, I'm going to finish this scripture here. Colossians 3.1. Since you have been raised to new life now with Christ, then set your sights on realities of heaven. That's the point. You know, a lot of Christians talk carnality. I don't know how this thing happens. Many people talk carnality. It's, it's, it's shocking. When they start talking, oh, uh, they tell you what's happening around your listeners. Saying, Are you serious? This guy's in I didn't know reading Bible. They talk after the natural things, talk after the carnal things. Many Christians are like that. And these are the very people who read Bible. Who they read, they read, we quote it and sing it. But we get outside and we start talking and confessing things that are not from the kingdom of God. I wonder why we live like the world. Is it not what we believe you become like? Is it not what you believe you become like? Since you have been raised to a new life in, with Christ. Have you thanked God every day I'm raised to a new life with Christ? I told you to confess this. Is, I am raised to a new life with Christ. Christ is my life. I'm not who I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are speaking after the wisdom of God. and not speaking after the wisdom of men and the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of Satan. You, you, they are not walking by sight. You don't confess after sight. You confess after the word. You say so. Let the redeemed say so. It's not something we do in church and laugh over. That's how you live by faith. 
Since you have been raised to a new life in Christ now, set your sights on realities of heaven. From realities of what the scripture is saying, where Christ sits in the place of honor as God's right, as God's right hand. Continue quickly. But think about the things of heaven. Not the things of the earth. Cannot think. Somebody say, no, there is no job. Who told you? Where did you get it? The things of heaven says God will make a way even where there is no way. That's the things of heaven. I, I heard of a brother who got a top-rate job in the midst of corona. Even got the job of what he studied, which is not usual, in the midst of corona. Put verse 2 back. Think, think about things of heaven, not things of the earth. Not the way the world talks. Oh, there's no job. Oh, they're firing people. That's not what the things of heaven says. The things of heaven says that, look, if there's no way, God will make a way. That's what he says. Why? Because Christ is your life. Doors open to an angel. Doors open to Christ. You are favored, highly favored. Not even minimally favored. You are highly favored. You are a child of favor. You, sin is not your nature. Sin is not your nature. Your nature is pure and holy. You need to believe and confess after these things. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit, the CEO of God, will begin to work it out in your life. That's why you enter into his rest. It's not your labor. He works it out in your life. You see your life transformed. By renewing your mind, there's no prescription there about all this prior suffering and things. It's not prescribed. What is prescribed is renew your mind with the truth. Think about the things of heaven. Not the things of earth. Carnally minded. Verse 12, Colossians 3, verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, Make allowance for each other's faults because we're all growing. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love. Quit binds all, us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. That peace will rule in your heart when your mind is stayed on him. Not on the world. Because in the world there is too much. There's confusion. There's darkness. There's darkness. Don't look there. That's the devil. He's their God. Your God is Jesus. It's different. You live in the kingdom of light. You don't walk in, walk in confusion. Don't walk in confusion. The Lord will help us to understand in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you. For truly Christ is our life. And what we need to do is to believe these things. And we see them manifest. And close our ears to these demonic doctrines that push us away from faith in Christ to the things that look religious. Where you have, you have, no, you, you have no interest in sacrifices and offerings. You have no interest in them. You said so. You said so. You said the body you have prepared. Sacrifices are offering. You, don't, you have no interest in all of that. But Lord, help us not to be deceived by that. So that our faith in Christ will be solid. 
then we see his life flow through us. Because only him can attract people to himself. When he's lifted up, he attracts men to himself. We become real witnesses of Jesus with our consistent lives. And your name will be glorified. And we walk in victory. And there will be thankfulness. We walk in all the benefits of the cross. Our cup runneth over. You lead us beside still waters. You lead us to green pastures. Even if we pass through the valley of shadow of death, we fear no evil because you are joined to us. You are there with us. Help us to enter into your rest. For he that believeth has ceased from his labor. So that we can enjoy the fruit of your labor. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray.